the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you tired of hearing about the wall yet? On Friday, the shutdown will have lasted three weeks. And last night, the president gave a short speech from the Oval Office. Maybe you heard about it. It was in all the papers. Uh, And every Democrat in the country went on a cable network not named Fox and said he was a liar. Today, he invited the Democrats to a meeting at the White House. This just happened uh, not too long ago. Um, He asked Nancy Pelosi if he reopened the government, uh, as they want him to do, and then after 30 days, if he came back and asked for what he wanted from them for the border security, including the wall, I guess, uh, would she agree to his requests? Nancy said no. So he said, well, there's nothing to discuss here, and he got up and he walked out. So that's where we are now, and radio talk show hosts all over the country have been talking about it all day. They'll be talking about it all night. They'll be talking about it at least until Friday when all of those federal workers miss their first paycheck. And then that'll bring up a, a new issue to tie into it. Uh, there's, it's kind of on the side now, the stuff about the uh, the shutdown and how it's affecting people out of work and how it's affecting the businesses that are affected by the people out of work that don't have money. But they haven't missed a paycheck yet. They missed their first one on Friday. So uh, that will start. Uh, and that'll add a whole new ingredient to it, and you'll supposed you're, you will be expected to be really upset about them not being paid. Uh, anyway, and you know what the uh, uh, the lesson here should be, or at least it is for me. It is for me anyway. It's, it's another lesson in why we should give these idiots in Washington as little power over our lives as possible. I, I think you'll hear me say that a lot here because that's kind. Of, I always get to this point. Um, it gets so ridiculous that whatever the issue is and wherever I stand on the issue, I, I just start to think, why why don't we just elect people who, who make sure that the federal government has as little to do with our lives as possible? And then this stuff won't matter as much, but that's not going to ever happen. So, uh, And that would include the president and everybody in Congress, by the way. Uh, you know, should not have any any control or as little control over our lives as possible. The argument over the wall is the same, and it's not going to change. So the only interesting thing to me, anyway, right now, is how the media have responded and will continue to respond. MSNBC thought it would be a good idea last night to get Alexandra. Uh, we're going to be Alexandra Ocasio Cortez to respond to the speech. In the actual address, there was falsehood after falsehood, and we have to make sure that we get our facts straight. Everyday immigrants commit crimes at a far lower rate than native-born Americans. And not only that, but the women and children on that border that are trying to seek refuge and seek opportunity in the United States of America with nothing but the shirt on their backs are acting more American than any person who seeks to keep them out ever will be. Well, actually, they're not, Alexandra, but thanks. Uh, And then there was the media response to the Democratic response by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who looked like they had been embalmed a little earlier in the day before they went out there last night. Oh, my God, did they look bad. How how anyone could look at or listen to them for five seconds and want them to be in charge of anything is scary. They look so bad that even Brian Williams, James Carville, and Michael Steele made fun of them over on MSNBC. James, uh, you shouldn't have to answer for all uh, advanced people, all political types, and both (laughs) parties. But tell me why responses are so bad tonight. (laughs) This uh, Chuck and Nancy visual tonight launched a thousand memes while they were still talking. There was an American Gothic meme. There was a your mother and I are very upset you you stayed out so late meme. And, And someone has to account for Bobby Jindal. 
uh, his guest appearance in um, uh, Gone with the Wind and for Rubio drinking water. But this visual from tonight goes down in the Pantheon. What is the problem with responses, James? I, I, you know, I don't, they, they seldom, if ever, work at the State of the Union. They usually get some young person to respond. Uh, they tried that with Jindal. That didn't work very well. I, I, I don't think they wanted to do it. I don't think they should have done it. And, and I guarantee you at the staff meeting tomorrow morning, somebody is going to get, you know, <laughs> chewed out pretty good about this whole yes. thing. The only good thing about it, it didn't matter. They could have given a Gettysburg address and it wouldn't have mattered. It didn't, it, it was, it didn't, he didn't want to be. I've been more excited about colonoscopies than he wasn't giving a speech tonight. <laughs> he didn't want to be there. Well, we've now, we've completed our journey through the human body. Hey, uh, Michael, the first thing people said on social media tonight was it looked like the Democrats only had the one podium. Uh, these two people, uh, both of great station and accomplishment, are sharing this little, tiny, modest wooden podium. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I, I looked at that and I, I, I tweeted out, I thought it was me. Dems, don't do that again. You know, you don't, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish here. Uh, certainly the message was lost in the visual. Um, but uh, Jim is right. I mean, did it really matter in the end? Uh, because nobody wanted to be doing what they were doing tonight. And that's the bottom line. And by the way, that includes the president, his, his own self. Um, he had apparently told some uh, news people, anchors, off the record yesterday that he really didn't want to give the speech and he didn't really want to go to the border. And it was off the record, but apparently the New York Times reported it. So that'll upset some people because what he said was supposed to be off the record, which is something else I don't understand. Um, I, I think back to my, my friend uh, Charlie Feeney, the late Charlie Feeney. He was a beat writer for the Post-Gazette covering the Pirates, and he had a rule. And I, and I think this rule should be in effect in Washington, especially in Washington, because it's important stuff. It's not baseball. Charlie Feeney would say, nothing is off the record. If you tell me something, I'm going with it. And here's the reason, and it's a good one. He said that he found that that uh, general managers and managers and even players would say to him, hey, Charlie, I'll tell you off the record, uh, just for an example, uh, Joel Brown, he was covering the Pirates way back. Uh, Joel Brown might say to him, and I'm making this up, Joel Brown might say to him, hey, uh, Charlie, I'll tell you something off the record. Danny Murtaugh can't stand uh, Don Hoke, and he's gonna, he wants me to trade him. Now, Charlie Feeney, he, that's a pretty big story. So Charlie Feeney, instead of being able to write that story, or now he can't even research the story because if he does find out on his own, then he's broken the confidence. He's, he's violated the confidence that Joel Brown put in him. He was the general manager of the Pirates, in case you didn't know, um, by, by get, telling him it was off the record. So it's possible for news uh, sources to manipulate reporters by telling you something, they tell you something off the record as a way to prevent you from doing the story, which they know you're probably going to get on your own soon. So they preempt it by telling you something off the record, and that that's really stupid. But it, and and it happens in Washington all the time. There are people running around Washington right now, reporters who know lots of really important stuff that they don't report, which they should report because that's why they're there to to report news to the American people because somebody told them something off the record. So anyway, after the speech last night, uh, just about every Democrat in the country appeared on, as I said, every network not named Fox. And like uh, Alexandra, they said Trump lied in his speech. Well, Molly Hemingway of The Federalist wrote a column today and did a good job of showing that the media fact checkers got their fact checking, checking wrong. Uh, just a couple of things here. Uh, Washington Post said fact-checking Trump's address, 266,000 aliens arrested in the past two years. The headline said this number is right but misleading. And she writes, the fact-checkers at the Washington Post characterized this Trump claim, which they admitted was factual as misleading, quote-unquote, because um, this, and this she quotes the, what the uh, Washington Post said, this figure includes all types of crimes. And Molly Hemingway writes, you can't make it up. So... That's misleading. He said that it was 266,000 aliens arrested. It's true, but it's who, why wouldn't it include all types of crimes? And then Politico's uh, fact check is so bad it's almost funny, she says. Uh, Ted Hessen of Politico 
Uh, he said, not true was Trump's contention that there's a crisis on the border. Uh, Hessen said, this is his reasoning, he said, it's not true that there's a crisis because the number of people caught crossing is below what it was during Obama. And uh, Molly Hemingway writes, is as if he hasn't heard a single administration official in recent weeks explaining that the reason why the Department of Homeland Security is burdened is not because illegal crossings are up in general, but because of the type of crossings, such as unaccompanied minors and family units from Central America that, due to our laws, cannot be returned to their homes. So uh, they're they're getting their fact-checked, their fact-checking facts wrong. New York Times article was originally headlined, Trump Cites Misleading Statistics of Crisis and Crime Along Border, and uh, Molly Hemingway writes, they failed to explain what the misleading statistics were. And she says, perhaps that explains why they changed the headline to Trump escalates border wall fight in national address. Uh, in the minds of many group thinking reporters, uh, Molly Hemingway writes, Trump only cares about a wall. But if they would actually read the proposal he sent to Congress on January 6th, they could read that he seeks the following things. Uh, in addition to 334 miles of physical barrier, 75 additional immigration judges and support staff, 750 additional border patrol agents, 2,000 additional law enforcement personnel and support staff to address gang violence, smuggling, trafficking, and the spread of drugs, 52,000 detention beds, $800 million to address urgent humanitarian needs, $675 million for non-intrusive inspection technology at inbound lanes at U.S. Southwest border land ports of entry. That's to allow the people to uh, deter and detect more contraband, including narcotics, weapons, and other materials that pose nuclear and radiological threats, and statutory changes to permit in-country processing capacities for asylum processing. That's a long way of saying that there's a lot more going on here than a request for a wall. So the fact-checkers didn't do a really good job of checking the facts that they said that the president didn't get right. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to give you a taste of what the college kiddies uh, at American University in Washington were saying about all those mean things that Donald Trump has been saying about immigration, even though he actually didn't say them. So, hey, it's Washington, and where everybody just seems, I don't know, you know, dumb. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Pat Boone here again, and I I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. 
Realtor.com. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We tried to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we tried to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically rid your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. 100% chemical-free, Plug-In Pest-Free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Go pestfree.com today. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, there are plenty of dumb things being said on both sides of the wall issue, but if you want to find people who know just enough about all the issues facing this great country of ours, just that they know just enough to be dangerous, um, you know, go to a college campus. The kids mean well, they really care about what's happening in the world, but sometimes they get a little confused. Campus Reform decided to ask a few to respond to things that Donald Trump has said about immigration. First quote, we should spend money to build a barrier to prevent illegal immigrants from coming in. Another quote, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the U.S. undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. Quote, illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we'll make no progress. When you hear quotes like that, what's your reaction to them? It's divisive. Um, I think America is a land of opportunity, a place for inclusion. I just really think it's a kind of hateful speech in general. It's just a negative message. Like all he, when he talks about like illegal immigrants, it's just one rude. Like to talk about people like that it kind of underlies a lot of things about like discrimination and people and their prejudice prejudices and things like that so i feel like that stuff is touchy to talk about there are racial biases kind of sort of deep embedded in there in a word i'd say it's more jingoist well i think his demeanor it's overall it's just unacceptable i think just the way that he's referring to people across the wall is very dehumanizing so rhetoric like that it's not helpful no not at all what if i told you these were from chuck schumer barack obama and hillary clinton how about that (laughs) (laughs) really 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 Oh. oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah, Democrats and Republicans have said things about okay. border control. <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't think that. Uh, that's that's interesting. That would surprise me. <laughs> it's true. Well then, uh, do you can you tell me uh, which ones they were respectively? But that's a. That's a very good surprise, by the way. Um, if this were a Trump quote, I believe it would be a lot more, um, maybe a lot less calculated. They, I don't know. They just they wouldn't say like say that. I feel well, like they did. I, it's like their demeanor is like the way they come off is like I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it's called the real world, kiddies. When you get out there, you know, look around a little bit. Don't accept everything that you hear from your friends and. Uh, your teachers on campus there, you know, read, um, I don't know, try tuning into Fox News. I know it, it, it may make your head explode and you know, you've been told that it's a bunch of racists and, and they're Nazis on Fox News, but you know, if you just, uh, you don't have to become a Fox News fan or start watching Fox News all the time, but you know, 
just like check it out once in a while, and you might see something a little different. You might see something very much like what you just were confronted with by the guy from Campus Reform, because you might see videos of the people saying the things that you were surprised to hear they said when he confronted you with them. Anyway, we also have some more stupidity from today. Uh, I mentioned earlier that um, President Trump got up and walked out of a meeting when Nancy Pelosi said she wouldn't give him what he wanted if he if he ended the shutdown. He, he said, you know, look, well, let's just say that I, I end the shutdown. 30 days from now, will we be uh, talking about what I want and would you give me what I want on, on, on border security? And Nancy said no. And he got up and walked out. Um, Well, Chuck Schumer, who was in the room, later claimed that Trump slammed his hand down on the table before he walked out. That's, you know, that'd be nice to have some video of that, I guess. Uh, But the Republicans who were there, including Mike Pence, the vice president, said that didn't happen. Now, who do you believe? And do you care? But it's just just another example of the stupidity that's just... The, the the atmosphere is thick with stupidity. And this is what you got to put up with every day and listen to. And again, it's all a great lesson in why the federal government should be just trimmed down to the point that, you know, they take care of the military, the courts, and um, that's about it. Not much more than that. Uh, interstate commerce, we'll give them that. And er- just get them out of everything else. And oh, here's a, something that the federal government could do that seems to fall under what maybe the federal government was intended to do when the country was founded a few years ago. Protect the border, okay? That's kind of a national security thing. So the stupidity is only beginning. But uh, Ron Paul, remember him? His son uh, is now a senator. Ron ran for president uh, a few years ago. He has been known to come up with just common sense solutions, and I kind of like uh, I like Rand Paul, by the way, but I like what Ron said uh, yesterday. He said uh, he doesn't like walls. He doesn't like um, he says, I don't like walls. I don't want to wall people in and I don't want to wall people out. I don't want free open borders either. I think you have to remove the incentives for people to come. Now, there's a there's a uh, wild concept, huh? Don't offer them uh, welfare and food stamps and free medical care and everything that we give them uh, when they show up. Just tell them, yeah, look, if you come across our border illegally, you're, you're kind of on your own. Um, Paul argued that welfare programs and an easy path to citizenship um, entice immigrants to come to the U.S. He suggested that removing those incentives would be a more effective deterrent to illegal immigration. Uh, he was talking that yesterday at the, uh, and he was asking about the shutdown and all, all the stuff that's going on with immigration, and that that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, something that doesn't make sense to me that we're going to talk about when we come back after the break, um, and maybe it's supposed to because these are really smart people. The American Psychological Association, that would be the APA, says traditional masculinity is pathological. Now I'm not that smart, but I think that means it's kind of like a disease. I think that's what the, you know, it's like, it's it's inbred, it's it's like it needs to be cured, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, they've come out with new guidelines for psychologists to help boys and men overcome pathologies. Researchers say they are caused by, that are caused by traditional masculinity. And, you know, some of those things are anti-femininity, achievement, like wanting to achieve, like maybe being a little bit too eager to achieve, um... And the idea that you have to be the breadwinner, uh, uh, not wanting to appear weak, uh, liking adventure, risk, violence, competition. In other words, being a boy when you're a boy and then becoming a man. That's just, it's all bad. Which is interesting to me because uh, I'm sure a lot of these people, and some of them I'm sure were women involved in the study, some of them may like women's sports. I wonder if they know that and they like the fact that girls now play sports. I wonder if they're aware that those sports wouldn't exist if not for men being competitive and coming up with the idea of competing against each other and having a sport. When we come back, I'm going to talk to one of my favorite columnists. That would be D.C. McAllister, who's written a lot about this stuff, about the, the feminization of the American man. She's written a column about this uh, American psych, uh, Psychological Association piece on um, uh, masculinity being pathological. We will talk to her when we come back. Stay where you are.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A White House meeting seeking an end to the government shutdown ends in disarray. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer saying the president threw a temper tantrum. He asked uh, Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my wall? She said no. And he just got up and said, then we have nothing to discuss. And he just walked down. House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy says the president asked politely. Okay, Nancy, if we open the government up in 30 days, could we have border security? She raised her hand and said, no, not at all. The president calmly said, I guess you're still not wanting to deal with the problem. With no signs of progress, the president has again raised the possibility of declaring a national emergency to end the shutdown and build the border wall. That's correspondent Wally Hines reporting. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 92 points. The Nasdaq rose 60. The S&P advanced 11. This is SRN News. Hey, guys, Ken here from the hit podcast, Today's Growth. Who would win a three-mile bicycle race, an 11-year-old girl or last year's winner of the Tour de France? It all depends on the bicycle. It depends on their vehicle. Both on a 10-speed and the pro racer is going to win every time. But put the racer on a tricycle and the 11-year-old wins every time. You see, it's not the driver. It's the vehicle. When it comes to generating revenue, it's exactly the same. If you have a job or a small business, you are riding a tricycle. You can only go so fast. If you need to make up lost ground, it's not going to happen on a tricycle. No matter how fast you pedal, it's simply not going to win the race. Why do many people with no schooling and no advanced degree often become very wealthy? Simple. They choose to only ride 10 speeds. When it comes to helping people create their next revenue model, both Forbes and Inc. recommend Income Store as a can't miss when it comes to putting people on a 10 speed. Could your household or business use an additional revenue model that doesn't solely depend on you? If so, you need to check out IncomeStore.com. That's IncomeStore.com. Mike Gallagher is struggling with the new left. Anderson Cooper last night sat down with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's infuriating to hear this young woman talk about people not paying their fair share. And I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I promise. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You know who hasn't paid her fair share? Her. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. Will the Allegheny County Airport Authority learn from its embarrassing failures to command the marketplace at Pittsburgh International Airport, or will pass be prologue in 2019? The hubris of the authority's subsidies to a number of airlines was laid bare last year, attempting to artificially create demand for travel to certain destinations by subsidizing fares as folly on its face. Learn more about this topic and others at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged, every day do more than just carry your cell phone at patriot mobile every call every text every post carries a conservative message other companies charge you high rates and hidden fees that fund liberal agendas switch to patriot mobile to save money plus part of your monthly bill is donated to 17 conservative organizations fighting for your beliefs here's patriot mobile ceo and navy veteran maury leland you know a lot of people they know where their money goes but they really don't know what that money is funding and that's really the difference. You know, people can take sides. They can put their money to work where they want it to work. And that's what we do at Patriot Mobile. Switching to Patriot Mobile is easy. You can keep your number and get the same super reliable nationwide service. With unlimited plans starting as low as $20 a month, why wait? Want to save $30? Visit them online at PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh to get your activation fee waived or mention Hugh when you call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Patriot Mobile, carry the message. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the AM 1250 Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to theanswerpgh.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. In traffic, we've got the answer. On the outbound Parkway East, you're stacking up from Forbes Avenue to Edgewood Swissvale. On the inbound side, slow 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West is heavy outbound from Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. And volume to slow you down inbound from Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also a big delay southbound 79 from 50 to South Point Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
Windy and cold for tonight with some snow showers, leaving behind a coating to an inch of accumulation, the low 21 degrees. Tomorrow, brisk and cold with clouds and a couple of flurries, high 27. We'll stay cold tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a low of 20. Friday, again, more clouds than sunshine with a high of 32 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, it's time now for a poetry reading. I, I apologize to my guest, but it's her fault. She tweeted this today, and uh, I'm making her sit through this, but uh, I should be able to recite it by heart since my eighth-grade teacher, Mrs. Giordano, made us memorize it and recite it in front of the class in, back in the eighth grade. But I have to read this, and you'll know why in a second. If you can, This is by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting, too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. If all men count with you but none too much. If you can uh, fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Uh, and our guest now is C.K. Mc- D.C. McAllister, and I, I hate to make you sit through that, but as I said, D.C., thanks for being here, but it was your fault you tweeted it today. No, I love sitting through that. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great wish we poem. Had more writing. I wish you had more writing and more belief in that kind of concept of masculinity instead of calling it uh, toxic. Yeah, and I and uh, it's, it's funny because I couldn't remember uh, my eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Giordano, made us learn that poem, and I had to recite that entire thing myself, standing in front of the entire class, and it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life, but I, but I got <laughs> through it, and um, I've used it, this is the second time I've used it in my media career, I, I, I think I did it for a sports piece I did, I just kind of read the poem and I used some video with it, I, can't, I forget what it was, but um, it's interesting, Is it, you'll be a man, my son, and this piece, I, I mentioned it before the break, before you came on, uh, it's the American Psychological Association, uh, and the headline is of your piece says, Traditional Masculinity is Pathological. I just First of all, did you send a thank you note to the American Psychological Association and thank them for teeing up a column for you? Uh, it's too cringeworthy, actually, to <laughs> <Yeah>. even... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so many things. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's... it's it, I'm glad... What I'm thankful for the APA doing, if I can turn this, is that they really are showing what they truly are. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. They've really shown how this uh, hostility uh, toward men and toward traditional masculinity, particularly toward white men, uh, but not always, but definitely masculinity, is their aim. And, you know, they've, they've made no bones about it in this in this study and the, and it's not just a study it's actually their guidelines they based it they say on 40 years of research now they need to go back in time a little bit more to understand manhood and um you know and this is the guidelines they're saying to psychologists and psychologists use this and and schools use this policymakers use apa guidelines so it's a big concern I was going to ask you about that. I, 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 what kind of clout does the American Psychological Association have? Do you know? I mean, you, you mentioned well, not, they, they follow it in schools. and. Well, they have a lot of clout among liberals, obviously, but yeah. they, um, among the institutions that really do affect our children, they have a lot of influence. Um, you can see that with the transgenderism. As soon as they change their policy on that and mm-hmm. their guidelines about that, 
you can see how it quickly infiltrated into the schools and spread into the government and became policy um, throughout the nation. So, uh, you know, they do have a lot of influence. I don't think they have the credibility anymore. They shouldn't have the influence they do. They've proved that they're not really a scientific organization, not that psychology can really be scientific, in my opinion. It's more philosophical. But um, there is some science to it. But uh, it is very impactful. And this is the guidelines that many schools use to uh, work with children and, you know, social services across the country. I mean, military, it affects everything. The problem is, uh, as I see it anyway, one of the big problems is that these are these are doctors and they know more than we do. And we have to listen to what they tell us because we're not as smart as they are. So we must be all we must be wrong when we think it's not a problem. Well, exactly. I mean, we live in a uh, society that pretends to be independently thinking, but yet they have turned to the experts for everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the experts say it or if the study says it, then, uh, you know, it must be true because they can't seem to think or reason for themselves. They're not taught to think and reason for themselves. And also, there's we've abandoned, you know, the meta-narrative of history as if it doesn't matter, as if suddenly we were just plopped down here in, in the earth, you know, suddenly without any kind of context or any kind of training about what it is to be human, uh, you know, and we look to these experts to guide us along in this terrain, and the problem is, is these experts have an agenda, and a lot, of, and especially in the soft sciences, uh, they have a worldview that they're working from, and they have confirmation bias throughout their studies, and it's just not something to be trusted, and it's something that flies in the face of common sense, and we know it. But when you're standing there and you're saying, this isn't true, they're like, well, I've got 40 years of studies that prove it. And well, no, you don't. You have 40 years of confirmation bias that you've brought your own presuppositions to, and then you've looked for ways to prove it. Instead of, instead of really seeing what the real causes are among the disruptions among boys and men today. Um, and, I, you know, I've, I started referring to the feminization of the American boy a few years ago, and I, I got a lot of heat for it, and, you know, was called a misogynist and uh, a homophobe, and I don't know, whatever, you know the names that I'd be called, but, um, and it it's it's creeping, and it's gotten to the point where we're now talking about a, a reputable organization that has basically signing off on the idea that men and boys should be feminized. Well, it says there in the guidelines that uh, traditional masculinity actually causes you to be anti-feminine and homophobic, and uh, you are all about power, adventure, uh, competition, anti-feminism, anti-femininity, and that's what the essence of masculinity is. So they've defined their own understanding of masculinity, which is not what masculinity is at all. I mean, it is competitive, it is adventurous and strong, but it's not any of those other things. Um, and they've wrapped that around and defined it and then it, it contributed, attributed all of man's problems to this toxic masculinity that has been socialized upon you since birth. They don't, the other problem with this is they, they don't see masculinity because in, as an objective or an inerrant uh, quality. A characteristic of a human being. They see it as something that's been culturally and socially put upon you and that you can change who you are and you can change your masculinity at your, at your will and others can do it too through socialization. This is a frightening thing uh, considering the medications that are out there that, that change who, how we perceive ourselves and change, you know, reduce our, our feelings and our aggression and our energy, however you want to put it. And, um, it's very manipulative and could be very manipulative when you're talking about socializing that can change the very essence of who you are. I mean, I believe that masculinity at its core is something you're born with. It's, it's very ingrained in who you are, obviously, I think. It's not just your outer parts. It's your inner parts. And they don't believe that. And that's part of the guidelines is to have psychologists, schools, counselors, policymakers re-socialized because this is something that's just been put upon the American male and it needs to be cast off because it's nothing but toxic. Which is interesting because uh, I, I think you could find some cave drawings that would, would um, that, that might refute that argument, not to mention that, you know, you, you can go find uh, lost civilizations and you'll see that the, the role of the men and the women is, is pretty much the same as we have it here, you know, not quite as civilized, maybe, but it's still the same thing. 
It, it, it has, and so how did it happen that every single culture in the history of, human, of the human race seems to develop the same roles for men and women? I think there's two things here. Like I said, they reject the meta-narrative of the human history, and so they think that we progressed beyond that. And so they, they look at in, in more Marxist way of thinking that, that they don't take those lessons and see any kind of continuity through that in this postmodern era that we live in. It's new. We're new. We're remaking oh. ourselves. Okay. And so there's nothing to be learned from that. And, and plus, they also just will assign patriarchy to the past. I'll say, you know, this is what we've moved beyond. Yeah, I recognize that for up until decades ago that that's how it was, but it was bad. And it was wrong, and it was socially imposed upon you that masculinity isn't the thread that weaves its way through human history in, in human beings themselves that remains in the same. It's something that can be changed, and we can change it. Just like we can change our sex, we can change whether we're male or female, we can change how we see ourselves as men and women, and we're fluid according to our own subjective views of ourselves. And, and according to how society dictate, dictates, see, this is the problem with people saying we can be whatever I want myself to be, mm-hmm. the subjective thing. If that's true, then that means you're fluid. If you're fluid, that means those in power can change you and influence you and, and recondition you. And this is why we need to be very careful about this kind of subjective, I can be whatever I want to be. No, you can't. You are what you are um, in some core ways. And our masculinity and femininity are right there. Now, that's very interesting because, you know, Nancy Pelosi could decide she wants to pass a law that um, that uh, men need to be turned into women. I mean, you know, because we've decided that that's better for everybody. And that's, that's a, an exaggeration. But that's what you're saying is that if, if you admit that there's this fluidity, then the people that you give power to can take advantage of that and make you be fluid. Well, something that's probably more even realistic on the horizon that could be not, I don't mean to be conspiratorial, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a possibility is, is again, back to the medications. If our society determines that the um, uh, energetic, adventurous, let's use the term aggression, that's not even actually a bad word, aggressive um, quality of masculinity of men is, is a danger to society and to um, women and to hom- uh, homosexuals or anyone else which is what it says in these guidelines, then there, we could very easily say, well, all men need to be taking medication to suppress that. Wow. And so, uh, you know, that kind of thing could happen, you know, could happen in a tyrannical thing, you know, world if you believe all this is fluid and, it, and we just let it go. Um, again, you know, that's not happening, but, uh, you know, it's just where it could progress, and that's a more realistic line that could happen. So we need to be very, very careful and very guarded and aware of what's happening and fight against it, and especially raise our boys to be boys and girls to respect masculinity and love masculinity and show and show them how they need it and also how masculinity needs femininity. And, you know, I really think marriage itself is, is where manhood thrives and grows, and that's something that's being attacked and thrown out. And that's a whole other story, but... Um, yeah, this is just something we need to fight against in our culture. And um, it, it, what scares me, and we're talking to D.C. McAllister. She's written a, a column at The Federalist. Uh, she's been on our show here before. I always like having you on. I, I needed to get um, a woman on to, to say what you just said, because if I had another man on saying it, uh, saying what you just said, then there, there would, we would have no credibility because we're just men. We don't, what do we know? Uh, yeah, exactly. And you've been delegitimized. And this is just further delegitimization of men that's being brought out now in the psychological community and being spread. And it says in the guidelines itself to make this um, part of our institutions, our schools and policy. Now, uh, to what end, though? Is it I mean, is it to make it easier for the teachers in school? I mean, what's the uh, without being, again, conspiratorial? What what is exactly the the goal here? I think for each individual that's looking at this, I think they're misguided in their presuppositions about what humanity is. Again, they've abandoned a worldview that actually is true to who we are. And so they're just working out their own flawed worldview and their own understanding of humanity. And this is where it leads. So it's just the consequences of bad philosophy, bad thinking. Um, You know, that's just like anything else. You start with a bad premise, you're going to come to some really bad conclusions and that's what we have going on here and they've never been changed and they're being taken over you know if you want to look at this spiritually um i think that there's just evil 
and it's just evil. And that part, I think, is, is you see happening. And then if you want to think about it just as far as um, philosophically, as far as uh, government and power and culture, it is a way ultimately for the government to become more powerful. Now, I don't think individuals in this are thinking that way, but that's something that it can actually be progressing toward. Um, because if you, if, you, if you put the men down, men are our strength. Men are who protect us. We need, like I wrote in my, I tweeted, I think we, we survive every day because of men. Um, and we need them. We need their strength and their masculinity. If we don't have it, what is, the, what is standing between us and a more powerful entity that's group-oriented? And that's why men are always, if you look at cultures that are taken over, men are attacked, men are enslaved, men are put down in some way or another. So um, we need to be very guarded about this. Well, I'm uh, just about out of time here. I'm just, I guess uh, this makes me want to punch somebody in the mouth. I don't. Does that make me a bad person or? Uh, you know, no, it makes you a man. Uh, okay. <laughs> you should have that Because I mean, I, it's not something I really have a whole lot of interest in discussing seriously with anybody. I mean, I have had a serious discussion with you here, but uh, maybe that's just the way I've been, you know, brought up. I'm, you know, it just makes me want to find the person who came up with this idea and. I don't know, punch him in the mouth. But, I, you know, as a woman, I guess you might have a different... dead German philosophers to, get, to do that. <laughs> dead German philosophers. Yeah. Well, I'm a German, so I don't know. Maybe there's something in there. Hey, I, uh, uh, DC, I really appreciate you being on, as always. Love to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you okay. on again. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. That's DC McAllister. She's one of my favorite columnists. And she happens to be a woman who actually understands men. And uh, I don't know how – I think that might be a, um, a lost art or a, an art that's disappearing. We'll be back. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optima Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS, don't go on the law. Give Optima Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-748-5713. 800-748-5713. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Losing business to online companies? Competitors using social media to rob you of sales. Is your current website five years behind the times or even one? Contact us at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase bottom line. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you do what you do best, run your business, while we deliver customers. Is your business taking full advantage of digital communication to reach more people? Are your competitors ahead of you? Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you 
with new customers. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps to go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. That was well-timed. Toxic masculinity. I always like having D.C. McAllister on, and she's she's um, she's written some great pieces, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to her today about uh, one that um, I really liked. It was written, I didn't, it was before I was doing the show, but I found it. It was um, written, I think, 2016, where she was complaining, uh, lamenting the fact that um, there were effeminate men being used as models, and she was didn't like the idea. Um, she uh, she says here, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, I can't get it. anyway. She said she's lamenting the idea that effeminized men have become kind of in style. And as an old guy myself, it's, it's kind of scary to me. I have grandkids, and uh, it's not going to affect me. But uh, if they're teaching this kind of stuff to teachers, uh, that the APA, the American Psychological, whatever it is, Association, uh, and they're teaching it to kids, boys, I don't want my grandsons. I just wouldn't want them, and I don't think you'd want your son to hear it. Uh, but... You know, you're captive. If you go to a public school and that's what they teach, where are you going to go? Unless you go to a private school and who knows what you're going to get there. So um, it's it's a problem and it's only beginning, I think. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. And I'm glad I got a chance to play a Beach Boys song. When I grow up to be a man. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.